So, um, I have to disappoint you if you're waiting for the magic formula of how to bring all these <laughs> laboratory conditions of a practice environment into your daily life. Um, a, I couldn't do that, and B, in fact, I don't believe this is was necessary, you know, to be honest with you. The, the demand to integrate one's practice into one's sacrosanct everyday life has always been strikingly hard to believe for me, because if your sacred everyday life had left you enlightened, you probably wouldn't be here. And if it hasn't left you enlightened, then it's questionable whether your practice should integrate it and leave your everyday life as intact as possible and be the thing you integrate it in. Yeah. So, may I suggest it's the other way around. Think of what is valuable and what you have learned here about yourself, about your mind, what you have touched into, what you have come to understand and maybe come to trust. How would you need to live to do justice to that? Yeah. If you want to do justice to what you know, and sometimes it's easier to identify with one's hang-ups than with one's competencies and strength. Sometimes we, we're more afraid of our power, our strength, because we could be held accountable if we have power. We could be asked to do things. You know, we could be responsible. We could take a role. We might fail. We might get blamed, stand out, be criticized. I just like to wish you to consider what is it you need to do, or what is it you may need to stop doing or do too differently when you want to do justice to stuff, to the stuff you have understood here, you have felt here, you have seen, experienced. Allow yourself to be touched by here. Yeah. Just the translator will be you. The medium to carry this into your life will be you. It starts inside out. It's very clear. It starts inside out. That doesn't mean it's not a. It's not. It's. It's apolitical. That's not what I mean. But the movement is inside out. You don't have societies better than the individuals that make up these societies. You, know? <coughs> you can't reform people from outside in. A number of historical attempts have tried that, and I think it's fairly safe to assume uh, from state communism to penitentiary institutions, I think the documented evidence is clear. It doesn't work outside in, it works inside out. So, every being who struggles and deepens into a more authentic, a more conscious relationship to, to the various dimensions of his or her life will heighten the context where he or she lives yeah. and practices, loves and works and is part of a, a, civic, a civic body. So contemplate what it needs who do justice to what you already know when you live your life. Where your money goes, where your time goes, where your energy goes, where your heart goes, where your courage goes. 
Sangam or Parisa communality and Buddhist teaching begins with friendship, uh, something called noble friendship or precious friendship, Kalyana Mititam. And it's very straightforward. So there are a number of criteria for a noble friend. So let me give you a few of those criteria. They're not conclusive, but there is a few very hands-on statements about noble friends. Noble friends are people who inspire you with respect, who instill you with love, who uh, instigate in you the wish to emulate. Noble friends are people who are capable of listening. They're capable of giving advice. Notice the sequence here. Yeah. <laughs> um, noble friends are people who are willing to go into deep waters with touching into things that are not easy. They, you can touch with them things that are difficult and complex and not easily gra grappled with in, in our lives. So there are people who are capable of going with me to difficult places in my life and they're willing to do that. Maybe their willingness is more important than their actual competency. Finally, noble friends are people <coughs> who look out that I don't waste my resources, that I don't waste my time, that I don't waste my energies. They are caringly concerned that I do what is important in my life. So they're not there to divert me from what is important. They have a caring and protective attitude to help me be with the stuff that is crucial and central and relevant and humane. So ponder what instills love, respect, emulation, listens, can give counsel, is willing to go to difficult places and looks out that I don't squander my resources. If you now ask, where are all my noble friends? Please, noble friends, assemble and come and take me up. I would like to suggest, do it that way. Consider to whom you can be a noble friend. Consider your own willingness to, to be one of these. Rilke says, if drinking is bitter to you, transform yourself to wine, in one of his poems. You know, sometimes we have to do exactly that what we would have liked to get ourselves. We have to transform ourselves into what we need. Sometimes there's a little delay. I teach people stuff which I would have liked to heard, have heard 35 years ago. Maybe this is what all teachers do. Um, so ponder not just where are my friends, but to whom can I be a friend? Consider yourself such a noble friend. You have the equipment. You know, you have the heart, you have the resources. After 10 days with you, it seems you have the commitment. Yeah. So think of how you can be a noble friend and meet noble friends. This is a particular frequency to meet others, not just sympathy and not partisanship, but people who share aspirations, people whom you recognize behind their whatever different appearances, you recognize a thread 
of aspiration you share. Something in there wants to grow up. And you make a commitment to stay in touch with that part in the other. We grow in relationship to others. We learn about ourselves, about ourselves, with and through and from others. We are profoundly relational beings. It is. We learn our humanity from other humans. Difficult as they may be, challenging, overwhelming, and possibly dangerous because they may be frightened by us or only take 30% of our generous offer. <laughs> Nevertheless, you know, this is a tremendous depth that we can learn with and through and from others by staying in conscious relationship. And the stillness of the introspective con contemplative is something that can go into our relational lives. Mindfulness has an outside component, as we have mentioned in many, many times. So don't hesitate to bring that to wherever you go, wherever you love, where you work, where you're a consumer, where you're a member, where you're a part of the bigger uh, civic body. And this will not stop. A change in administration will not stop that. At the end of the day, it's people and their willingness to affirm values. Even bad laws can't keep good people from living decently. And even good laws can't protect people from not caring about what's going on around them. So you know, it's, it's at the people where things really, where the box stops. So take, take this and um, be translators of this. Yeah? And trust your heart in this. Find resources where you find them. You know, there's books. You're the most privileged lot that has ever lived on that planet, just to be clear when it comes to accessing Buddhist teachings. You know, if you've lived in Thailand, you know, the Lama, the teacher, would, the Yajan would just give the same boring talk all the time. If you lived in Tibet, the Lama would come around once a year, bless the new baby, and then we'd be driven off again. You guys have more access collectively to Buddhist teachings than any generation before you. More then the people who you think are your teachers will have had access to. So let's stop pretending we're poor and disenfranchised and underprivileged and a small minority, you know. There's much we have playing for us. Be well. Thank you, Kinchina. Well said. Ah. Special delivery coming.
It's by D.H. Lawrence. I am a part of the sun as my eye is part of me. That I belong to the earth, my feet know perfectly, and my blood is part of the sea. There is no part of me that is alone and absolute except perhaps my mind. And we shall find that the mind has no existence by itself. It is merely the glitter of the sun reflecting on the surfaces of the water. Peace. Go well. We, as they say. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a field of blessing. This is a field of blessing. I felt that as a Kinchino was speaking, and that blessing of the lineage and that depth of the tradition coming through speaking as a Kinchino. And I absolutely sense that blessing in the field here as we turn towards each other. Um, It's like, how much blessing can we bear? You know, it's like following on from not pretending that we're poor or small. It's like making ourselves available to um, be filled out with the blessing that's here as Susan's poem Our eyes are of the sun, you know, we're, we're rich. We're rich. Our mind is of the, whatever it was, stardust and the ocean. I got the gist of it. Yeah. I don't think I have too much to add, actually. Um, one, one practice that I find helpful in this translation is, uh, it's also from, I think, Rilke and translated by others, that to shape a beautiful mind, and this is a practice that can be done even without deep samadhi, even without the depth of stillness that we might know here, that may not stay as still as we go. Right? But our inquiry, our curiosity, the capacity to ask questions, the capacity to probe and look deeply and get really curious, that we can take with us. It's supported by the samadhi, absolutely. It can root deep. But I think the expression says, if you want to shape a beautiful mind, ask beautiful questions. And and don't think of mind as just up here, right? We know now here, but don't limit it to here. If we want to shape a beautiful mind, ask beautiful questions. And what might be your beautiful questions? Questions that lead onward. And they can come out today, your questions, because the soil is rich because the chitta is more malleable, because the thickets are probably clearer at times today after dedicating yourself so deeply to practice, it may be clearer some of where those questions might come from, what wants to be your beautiful questions. 
that don't even require that you answer them, right? Not essay questions that you have to provide the right answer, but questions that kind of open your being out into curiosity and willingness to take your seat and do that work of noble friendship and do that work of finding out how, how does this life want to be used while it's here? How does the earth want to speak through this being? How do the stars and the sun want to reflect through this heart, through these eyes? Whatever is yours, whether it's poetic, whether it's kind of linear and precise and let your being ask your questions because they have juice in, they have your soul in. They have your individual expression coming out to the whole. They earth up through you. Ask them, find them out. What are you curious about? What do you want to find out in this, in this interval between birth and death? What calls you? And if you're not used to asking questions, some of us need healing our capacity to be curious. In a way, sometimes it got truncated somewhere. Like little kids, generally pretty curious to find out as they, you know, haven't seen one of those before and kind of, In fact, uh, even just reminding myself of that as I look into it, (laughs) wow, it opens my perception from white rose to good God. Wow. Healing the capacity for curiosity, for investigation, and finding the beautiful questions to shape a beautiful mind. And I think that was Julia that handed me that piece from the Rilke via... um, David White, the poet, yeah, about beautiful questions. Um, I think I want to introduce, if I may, Kristen. Yeah. Uh, Kristen's at the front here in the purple. Do you want to stand up, mm-hmm. Kristen? And Kristen is from DC too. And I don't know if you, maybe you'd like to say something. I haven't asked you. It might put you on the spot a little. But I'll introduce you. Kristen um, uh, is part of holding and shaping a group called One Earth Sangha. Um, Maybe you can say more, but I I just want to thank you for that work. And I know many in this room are doing great work in all kinds of ways. Mm -hmm. And I'll suggest a way that networking can happen. But Mm -hmm. One Earth Sangha um, is offering an online uh, meeting point for Sanghas of different denominations, including... Anyone, anyone who is this noble friendship, actually, yeah, yeah. to look and address questions of earth issues and social justice that is absolutely married right through that. Yeah. So responses for our earth. And there's been a training two years running called the Eco-Sattva training um, that different teachers from diverse groups and diverse representation have offered um, background information, ways of networking, and it's rich. So... She's available. She's available. Yeah, I'm available. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, this gives me the opportunity to um, do something that I I struggled with myself when we were in the football um, as to whether or not to speak to this because I didn't know if I would have a chance to. But there, I think there's there's a, just like someone thanked the plants, I feel the need to thank the forest, to thank this land, this air, 
our ancestors, all that loved each one of us into this being, and the very depth of that fundamental going forth energy that is <laughs> why we are, we are here. So yeah, Ecosatva training, One Earth Sangha is, um, for me it's about bringing the incredible gifts of this tradition, the wealth that has been spoken to here, to issues that um, can seem unfathomable, incomprehensible, <coughs> overwhelming. There is no suffering that this practice cannot meet. From the smallest jealousy to global climate change. And it was on such a retreat that one or Sangha was conceived, just like this. It starts with us listening to that going forth and asking, to what will I give my life, this interval between birth and death. So you can find us online at One Earth Sangha, and we are um, gathering what was referred to here, an appropriate response. So thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for your practice. And the way I uh, suggest, I know uh, it's Rami, isn't it? Is it Rami? As Rami made, uh, put himself forward for being a focalizer. Um, there may be others of you here interested in um, uh, gathering those of us here who might be interested to collect with you around a particular issue. Um, and the networking part, absolutely go online and tune in with Rami. If there are others of you, if you want to put a piece of paper on the notice board, and gather addresses of each other who may be interested in particular pieces of that. Maybe, I don't know, is that possible, Kristen, for one Earth Sangha? Can people be put on a mailing list? Or? Yes, yeah. Um, actually, I, I brought some flyers, so I'll, I'll put those out. But if, you, if, if they're gone by the time you get there, oneearthsangha.org. And then there's a place there you can just click join and you'll get on our list. Put one flyer on the notice board, not to be taken. Zen Peacemakers. Ram, it's zenpeacemakers.org. It's the one Rami spoke about. Um, if there are others, which I'm sure there are, that want to be named, I'll put some papers on the board here at 11 o'clock, and you can name them and name the websites, or if you're willing to collect email addresses from others, if you're, if you're heading up that organization or part of that, you can do that there as well, and they can sort that out super so um let's see if there's anything else I, I think that's all from me um yeah i'm gonna pause to thank thank my colleagues thank you <laughs> really yeah noble friendship i um i want to thank you uh, I, I mentioned it once before, but the forthcoming, sincere, sincere, sincere questioning, sincere uh, willingness to do this work. Um.
Thank you. It's been really a privilege. I learn a lot here in this country. I really do. I want to thank IMS. Um, how do you do that? What's IMS? Which bit of it is IMS? All the conditions that have actually come together to make this place. All those early seeds of those young hippies, I guess they were. <laughs> um, all that's come from that and all the people that have sustained this over the time. And thanking our lineages, all the lineages that have brought you here, your birth lineages, your genetic lineages, your teaching lineages, those who you've associated with, and our spiritual lineages. Right back to the Buddha. Thank you, the Buddha as well. Safe travels. Go well. I'm not so often without something to say. <laughs> <laughs> it won't last long. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, this is a special retreat for me, and coming here teaching for twenty. Since 1995, we lived here for a couple of years. And uh, this retreat, having become, become the retreat that um, is, in a sense, mine over the years. <laughs> and it, it's kind of strange. I was having a conversation with someone, and they were, we were talking about this. And I was trying to actually work <laughs> out, well, it's not really quite like that. Because at a certain point, actually, I was teaching it with Rodney, another, another lovely wonderful teacher for a few years and then he decided having been the one responsible for it to uh, relinquish it and uh, it was offered or passed to myself and I realized actually oh it's not really that it's my retreat it's not like I own it actually it owns me <laughs> in quite a beautiful way and also not a always easy way the sense of responsibility and the sense of wish for this to be as much as it can be and uh, and I'm really touched by the, the richness and the, the depth and the beauty and the incredible range of fruit that come even just as Kristen was speaking that one earth sangha was conceived I don't know if I think it was actually one of these retreats excuse me if I've got that wrong and I'm wrongly taking credit but uh, it wasn't this one but uh, certainly the connection <laughs> But the connection, the connection we had with some of the people involved with it certainly was part of what I was aware of. And that's what I was kind of thinking of there. Um, but that sense of something that rises up is what I'm left with. The sense of something that rises up in the, in the being, in the heart, in the mind, in, the, in the, the vitality of life that rises up and that 
reminds me of the, the, this way of understanding a devotional quality that I learned from one of my most beloved teachers and a, I think a friend and teacher to us all, Ajahn Sachito, who I've referred to. And he, uh, I remember him teaching once about devotional practice of just sitting with something that one loved or cared for and waiting till something rose up. Something rose up, not something that's forced or done, but something rising up. And just the sense of something so beautiful, so powerful, that I feel rising in myself, and I see and hear and feel rising in us. And I feel so blessed, so grateful to be part of this. To be owned by you. Because it's in a way more like that, ultimately, what we give our lives to. So a few things I'd like to offer just briefly and uh, I will endeavor to be concise. Go gently as you leave the space, particularly if you're relatively new or this is your first time in such a retreat, but equally if not, you won't necessarily have noticed just how remarkably sensitive and open you have become. Even if you think that's not what happened for you, I can assure you that it has because everything around you has become so much quieter, so much more refined and sensitive in so many ways that we don't notice what has happened sometimes. And it may therefore be a little surprise to discover that kind of that sensitivity in the world needs to be respected. Just as if we've fasted for some time, the the wisest way to end a fast of nine days is not to go out to a restaurant and eat a sort of a very rich five-course meal, but something simple, something nourishing. Find space, if you can, over these coming days. The retreat form changes here as we move into our life, but this retreat doesn't stop here. It didn't start when you arrived because something brought you here. And it doesn't stop when you end because something carries on. And in that, you'll find it still works upon you in many ways. But listen to the the quiet wisdom within that will recognize when there's enough and say, actually, let's pause here. Absolutely don't go home and try and read all the emails, watch all the movies, and eat all the pizza that you missed out while you were here. Although we didn't miss out on pizza, did we? (laughs) It was pretty good, though I only found out that breakfast uh, wasn't quite what was expected yesterday morning. I just found that out later, and it's like, anyway, you don't need to catch up on breakfast either. (laughs) But we can sometimes have that sense of, finally I can go out and do all those things I didn't get to do while I was here, but just pause on it, because actually, you might not actually really want to. There might be something else we've discovered about what truly nourishes us that we want to respect. And make the priority, as, as has been named, as has been said. But just that sensitivity. Go gently, go slowly. Pause if you need to. Stop if you need to. But also take note of what is happening around you and be appropriate. Um, there was someone who was pulled over by the local police after leaving the retreat some years ago, now for, for going too slowly on the road. <laughs> It doesn't, it hasn't happened for a long time, but uh, just to notice that and uh, see what feels appropriate. To notice how, while we don't want to 
kind of push our particular what we care, what we love, not to push it into other people's faces and say, you've got to engage with this, but not to be afraid to let it show. And interestingly, I was just uh, hearing a very interesting observation about what's happened at IMS over the years, just these last few years since it was decided appropriate to provide the capacity to secure the bedrooms and therefore many people wearing keys. And some of the locals have got the idea that we worship these strange things <laughs> or that they have some religious significance for us. And, you know, the, the key. The key. All sorts of spiritual possibilities could be connected with a key worn around the neck on a... You know, that's how religions start. <laughs> and, of course, the thought hadn't occurred to me, but it's obvious when you're like, oh, my gosh, all these people wearing, you know, the robe... Or the, the the blanket or the the key. <laughs> I'll have to get one. They might not put them in the box now. <laughs> With that, the, the, in a way, not being afraid to appear as we are. Not being afraid if that looks a little different than as someone else's. Knowing we're not in that way by ourselves but also not having to kind of sell it too quickly to somebody else. If you want to share what you've learned, what you've discovered, wonderful, beautiful, of course, but often people, if they ask you, how was your retreat, they just want to know if you're all right. They don't actually necessarily want to know about the indria. They might, or about the, the various details of the subtle experience of what took place in your meditation. So just check and see with family and friends, if they're interested, share as fully as you like. But if not, just let them know it was okay, it was good, it was fine, or it was terrible, horrible, whatever you want to say. Of course, you're free to articulate that. To really respect what is precious in this, it's not just to be thrown out there where it may not be well received, and yet at the same time not to feel we have to hold it back. It's like, oh, yeah, we do. We naturally have a wish to want to share what is precious, what is of value. And we all are, in fact, not just the receivers of this teaching and tradition and lineage, but we are the holders of it. We are the carriers of it. We are the living generation through which the Dharma is passing and continually emerging, rising up and emerging into the world. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing. That's a... That's a it's a precious thing to honor, to honor oneself, to honor our life, to honor the journey that we're in and the, the potency, the power that it brings forth. There's a story of a, a woman, I believe she was Canadian, but I may have that wrong. You may have picked up by now that I'm not good on the details of the stories I, <laughs> I, I gather around me. <coughs> but she, uh, having got really enthusiastic about the practice and going home to her family, who were quite committed and one could possibly even say fundamentalist within their own traditional religion, um, she found it rather difficult. And she wrote to one of her teachers, who I knew, after some time about the process. And she summarized what she'd discovered along the way. She said, You know, they hate me when I'm a Buddhist. She said, but they love me when I'm a Buddha. <laughs> the qualities of 
kindness and compassion, of wisdom and patience, of collectedness and equanimity. These are not Buddhist qualities. These are not the possession of a tradition or a teaching or a form. These are part of our shared humanity. And through these we can connect with those who we might otherwise find ourselves not connected with. To find ways to make connections, not just with those who can be our friend, our spiritual friend, so essential, but equally to connect with those who we might not see in that way. To be willing to take gentle, conscious, caring steps to the places where the lines get drawn that say we and they, me and other, us and them. And just see what might be possible. That the expansion, the, the, the deepening, the, the flowering of our, of our practice is that ultimately nothing is left out. Ultimately nothing is left out. And seeing what that might mean for us, what might be appropriate for us. There's so many realms of human engagement and endeavor directed towards welfare and well-being of others, of communities, of life, of ecology, of society, of, of creatures. So much human engagement towards the welfare, the healing, the development. It's really important as a practice that we advert to that. That we include that, that we turn to that. Acknowledge that. And allow that to support the ways in which that very same movement naturally wells up, rises up within us and finds its expression in the world. And in this we can just have some reference to the what holds us ultimately or what we can refer back to, to rest upon. And in the tradition we talk about the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, not just the historic Buddha, but the, the potential for awakening that is inherent and unstoppable, ultimately unstoppable in all of us. And equally inherent in all who may not even be seeking that. But nonetheless, latent and present there. This potential for wakefulness and ultimately waking up into the fullness of a life that is including everything. And the Dharma, the teachings and the practices that support this, that allow this that we've expressed and heard and shared the, the preciousness and the potency of this. Really knowing these things are, are here and the Sangha, the community, the friendship, the connection. Just being able to name this and know this for ourselves. Buddha, Dharma, Sangha, we've chanted it every morning. You might like to take that chant home with you. It's not too complicated. Even I can almost manage it. And just have a sense of, okay, dedication to what I care about. It's part of my practice, not just mindfulness, not just awareness, not just wisdom, but that sense of embodied love that we've spoken about in different ways. And so we'd like to 
to finish with a, a ritual process that will include the opportunity to honor those refuges and equally to evoke the qualities that we've spoken about and reflected on as what we might wish to bring into the world, what we might wish to bring into our lives, into our hearts. And we'll explain that in, in just a moment. But before doing that, I also just want to take a moment to say thank you to all of you for your practice, for the dedication and sincerity, for the inspiration that I receive from you and, and you doing what you do. To say thank you to Akinchino and uh, to Catherine, Thank you. A delight, an inspiration, and an education in teaching together with you and your blessed offerings and gifts. And uh, to just appreciate Eowyn, who was with us yesterday also for her rich uh, offering and support. I want to thank all who make this retreat possible, as we've said that, but also just to name my direct gratitude for the for the support and generosity, the dana that comes, that has come, that continues to come, and the blessing of that. Thank you for your support. And just to name also that, because I don't think, well, I didn't say it, just to let you know that the dana that comes to us, we share. And we also offer, and what feels like an appropriate share, modest in comparison, but appropriate, we feel, and right, to Eowyn. So she's also supported through that. And we really, and she also, really appreciate your support in that way. So, the short version of what we've been saying and what we could say a lot more about but aren't going to is simply, at least my take on it is, it's good what you've been doing here. Keep doing it. Find ways. You can. You absolutely can. So anything else? Beyond? Okay. It's always a risky question. (laughs) So... We're going to have a little ritual ceremony that we've evolved that derives from a symbolic way of acknowledging our connectedness and our particularities within that. Where traditionally one would take a piece of thread or string and form it into a large circle where everyone would hold the string. And um, there would be some, some chanting and some blessing and some evoking of of beautiful and wholesome and transformative qualities. And then the string would be cut up into pieces and everyone would get one. And we have tried to do this with 100 people in a limited amount of time in the past and eventually found that it just was a little cumbersome. So we've evolved from that sense of a, of a symbolic circle of a unified and singular string that we connected to, having just stepped us a little forward to the individual pieces of string that were all connected into a single one not long ago. (laughs) So you just have to trust me on that one. (laughs) And an opportunity and an invitation, if you wish to come forth, and Akinchino, Catherine, myself, we'll we'll have some of these 
blessing cords, is how we call them, which you're able to come and receive, and we'll chant as we do that. And the, a traditional form for these that you can engage in, if you wish, is having received and gone back to your place with the cord. You tie three knots, if you wish, for Buddha, Dharma, Sangha. Just knots in the cord. I think it's probably obvious what I'm talking about, but I'll show you what it's going to look like. Piece of sort of a, a deep ochre to red cord. <laughs> and yeah, you can see, can't you? Your, your eyes are better than mine, probably. Some of you, anyway. Um, and then, if you wish, you can also tie a knot for your aspiration. What it is you wanted to bring into your life this year, into your world, into your heart this year. Just something, again, that acknowledges that. And then you can invite one of your companions here, if you wish, to loop it a few times around your wrist and tie it. Occasionally people prefer it just about long enough to go around here or around your ankle, or you can put it in your pocket if you wish. There's no obligation to participate in any sort of, you know, strange Buddhist rituals. It's just what feels meaningful for you. But there's something about having something actually which we've imbued with our intentionality and that in a way sacred ritual form of imbuing something from the realm of heart, mind and spirit into the realm of matter, of form, of, of stuffness, things that then carries with it a reminder and a support to reconnect, to come back, to remember what we most deeply cherish and love and wish to live by. So we'll, we'll chant the chant as we do this that we used as we returned from the fire and the offering of the letting go into the, the flaming bucket yesterday evening. <laughs> he likes my turn of phrase. Well, I think he likes it. It did seem a little bit like that. It was a little bit like, oh, I have to make sure, you know, check my fingers after I, anyway. For some may have felt that way, others maybe not. But so we'll chant the four Brahma Viharas, the immeasurable, boundless qualities of heart that can imbue our life with transformative power. And just forming up into three kind of lines. One of the lines can come down the center. It doesn't really have an aisle for itself to form in, but maybe those in the center might just make a little space in the middle and then down the sides. And uh, we'll chant and you can receive a blessing cord if you'd like to come and get one. And then we'll just return back and Take a little moment to, to sit with that and and then I think we'll be very close to complete in terms of our plan. Is that reasonably clear? Yeah, great. What I tend to do is actually sit just a little forward. It's easier.
Okay, good. Actually, just to say, I don't normally mention this, but if in coming forward to receive the string you wish to just not say anything, but just take a moment to pause, you're very welcome to do so. Thank you. Um, let's breathe, find your seat. Our intention is potentized by the more of us that is here. Right? The more of our body, the more of our breath, belly, heart. Suffusing into the arms. Suffusing into the bigger body of the earth. Letting her suffuse up through us and receiving the blessing of the sky above through the head and our world to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south, in all directions. And breathing with your chest center, letting it, letting it take up its space. All of that goodness that's there. Yes, all of the trickiness for sure, but more fundamental, all of that beautiful intention, nobility, aspiration. Meta kaluna mudita upeka Meta karuna mudita upeka Meta karuna mudita upeka Meta karuna mudita upeka Meta karuna Mudita upeka, meta karuna, mudita upeka, meta karuna, mudita upeka. My eighteen year old who's coming into the tradition. Thank you. Mudita upeka, meta karuna. Mudita upeka, meta karuna, mudita upeka, meta karuna, mudita upeka, meta karuna, mudita upeka, meta karuna. Mudita upeka, meta garuna, mudita upeka, 
Meda Garuna Mudita Upeka Meda Garuna Mudita Upeka Meda Garuna Mudita Upeka Meda Garuna Mudita Upeka Meta karuna 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 mudita upeka Meda karuna mudita upeka Meta garuna mudita upeka Meta karuna mudita upeka Meta karuna mudita upeka Meta garuna mudita upeka Meta karuna mudita upeka Meta garuna mudita upeka Meta garuna mudita upeka Meta karuna mudita upeka Meta karuna mudita upeka Meta karuna mudita upeka Meta karuna mudita upeka Meda karuna mudita upeka Meta garuna mudita upeka Meta garuna mudita upeka Meta garuna mudita upeka Meda karuna mudita upeka Meda karuna mudita upeka Meda karuna mudita upeka Meda karuna mudita upeka Meta karuna mudita upeka Meta karuna 
So, thank you again as we conclude this time together. Just want to acknowledge our really shared wish, speaking here on behalf of Catherine and Akinchno, very much our sense of gratitude which we've expressed, but also our real wish for your deepening and well-being as you travel on from here. And if in any way what we've offered hasn't landed or worked or served, then we trust you to find what does and what does carry you forth from here. And I also just want to acknowledge the the notes that we may not have been able to respond to. And... uh, Trust that the responses will come. Sometimes it's the asking that's important. And of course, sometimes we need answers. But they come perhaps in mysterious ways. So let's just finish with a a brief dedication of our practice and sharing of the goodness of our practice. And taking a moment to settle again into our bodies on the earth and beneath the sky. Feeling the soft, warm, resonant capacity that speaks of our connection. And our wishes and aspirations for this life. Taking a moment to honor the goodness of your practice, extending a sense of kindness and appreciation towards your own body, heart and mind. For your practice, your wholesome endeavors here. And allowing that sense of appreciation and well-wishing to gently spread out around you to encompass and include your companions sitting nearby and further afield, including in the space of our appreciation and kindness those who have already needed to leave, but who have also been part of our retreat. And bringing into our hearts and mind all of those beings who have supported us to be here, the staff, and their many wonderful ways of working here, particularly maybe Roberta, our course manager. And everyone who serves at IMS. Bringing into the space of kindness and sharing, of appreciation and and love, all those we're near to and dear, feel dear to our hearts, our loved ones, friends and family. our companions in the journey of our life who we appreciate. And extending the sense of well-wishing and goodness to include them, sharing the goodness and the fruit of our practice with them. And extending, opening our heart and mind to 
include all beings in this world and beyond, all life and all that lives in this universe and beyond, throughout time and space, beyond existence and non-existence. All that is, all that lives, all that breathes, all that manifests. May the goodness of our practice be shared with all beings, with all of life, in all directions, in all times. May wisdom and kindness grow and deepen through the vastness of this conscious field. From our own practice, through our shared practice, through the very texture and fabric of our shared existence. Wisdom and kindness, understanding, leaving nothing out including all, everyone, all beings, all of life, all things, the very space in which things emerge and into which they disappear, including this too. May peace and freedom prevail. May love and justice come to rule. And may our lives be a, a sharing of this, an expression of this, a deepening of this, for our own well-being, for the welfare of all beings, for the well-being of all that is. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.